This podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Head there to check out exclusive podcasts like Talking Futurama, Talk King of the Hill, the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, and tons more. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast that redefines Narthex. I'm your host, the unblowable Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. Someone who always bacons up his sausage, that's Henry Gilbert. <laughs> and who do we have on the line? Oh, we have uh, Lindsay Kasai. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome. And this week's episode is She of Little Faith. I didn't know your dad was so interested in science. Science? Uh, he didn't say science. He said pie pants. Mmm, pie pants. This week's episode originally aired on December 16th, 2001, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, the Fellowship of the Ring is released into movie theaters, the U.S. withdraws from the Anti-Ballistic Missiles Treaty, and Final Fantasy X is released on the PlayStation 2 just ahead of Christmas time mm. in the U.S. So, a busy, busy time. I mean, well, first off, Final Fantasy X, that was a good Final Fantasy, though I didn't play it until a little later because I did not have a PlayStation mm. 2 in 2001. I didn't get one of those. I had an Xbox and a GameCube, did not have a PS2 until I think the next year. Hmm. I, I played it. Uh, it made me think I hated RPGs. It turns out I just don't like that game very much. <laughs> and we have an entire Retronauts episode about that game. Oh, okay. I'm on it stinking up that podcast, folks. <laughs> but I was in theaters for the first Lord of the Rings movie. And to date, have not seen the last one. What? So just like for some reason I never saw Return of the Jedi until recently, I never finished watching the trilogy. Is it just movies with the word return in it that you don't Yeah, they see? don't sit right with me. <laughs> I loved Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, my God. When I saw that in theaters, that was just just what I needed to recover from 9-11. It was like, God, <laughs> oh, we're back back to the classic, uh, you know, good and evil world of, like, you know, these, these dark-skinned orcs. They're the bad guys. They're all just evil at their core. And it's time for the lily-white simple uh, morality people to come back. Yeah. Any thoughts on uh, Fellowship of the Ring, Lindsay? I went on a first date to see Fellowship mm. of the Ring. Mm. It didn't work out. <laughs> I saw it with another single man. Uh, I see. And he was a friend who worked at uh, Suncoast. And because when that movie came out, people were like, this Lord of the Rings thing, I've never heard of it before. <laughs> it turns out there were a couple other movies done a long time ago. And so they'd be on a loop constantly at the Suncoast he worked in. So it was wow. like the Ralph Bakshi one and the Rankin Bass one. I see. Uh, just on a loop because there was no other <laughs> thing to watch. You couldn't just get the DVD yet. Man, no, that the, those lack Vigo Mortensen, though. The hunkiest of all hunks, man. I, I thought he looked really good in that movie. I, though, of course, uh, also, I I love gay hobbits uh, hugging around each other. That's that's uh, quality entertainment for me. Uh, though, d- don't watch those hobbit movies. If no, no. If there's a good cut, though, my husband had never seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies before. Mm. And I am kind of insistent that I think the extended version is the best one to watch. But it takes a, it is four hours. It's a very long time. It's a cu- and, couple of nights. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do have to explain it. Pause and explain a bit to him <laughs> as well but and yes of course america's like you know what we want to 
have ballistic missiles. Forget this. Forget this treaty we signed. We want to drop. We want to drop the worst, meanest missiles we possibly. What can. a Christmas present for America. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> but but anywho, hey, uh, that's that's what happened at yeah, the yeah. time of this uh, this Christmas episode and the last episode of The Simpsons for the year 2001. And today we're welcoming back Lindsay K. Ty of the Teen Creeps podcast, also of TV shows like Infinity Train, Wolf Boy, and Max and the Midnights. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Woo! Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And, uh, you know, Lindsay, your, your last episode on the show was also about Lisa in the church, though, it was when she actually devoutly believed in that she would go to hell if she even stole one grape. So, yeah. What? Yes, she was <laughs> a much younger eight-year-old then. <laughs> well, well, yeah. What do you, how do you think this uh, this episode of Lisa and Religion stacks up to the uh, to her previous v- uh, visions of hell. Uh, I think I, I I like that we're sort of getting like teenage Lisa mm-hmm. in this version becoming a Buddhist. Um, I do prefer the other episode. I think it's just it's that one's a classic. It's it's teenage Lisa or Lisa coming home from the holidays after one semester of college mm-hmm. is what it feels like. Yes, that too. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a strange pious Lisa who is just like the Lisa in that second season episode where she's suddenly like very invested in Christianity mm. where in the passing uh, 11 years between those episodes she seemed to not care that much she'd be in church with the family but it seemed like a reluctant agreement yeah it's an interesting travel she makes in this episode that she doesn't she loses faith in the institution of the church but actually like not in just the idea of belief like the easy episode to write with this is just Lisa becomes an atheist as as so many a teen and I'm sure like I mean I I went through that phase as well though I didn't go to church with my family anyway so it was an easy little walk of like oh, you know what I I don't even believe in anything that we don't bother going to church for anyway but um by but ne- then how do you shoehorn in our Richard Gere appearance if she's just a straight up atheist harder yeah it's true like there's uh, she should have invited on Ricky Gervais instead <laughs> there you go hey there future you. future guest star Ricky Gervais and writer of an episode yeah. as well yes he could do it all <laughs> And, uh, well, and Lindsay, I guess you were seeing uh, Lord of the Rings uh, when this episode came out. Do you, do you have any memories of the first holiday season post 9-11, which is what, when this was? I think perhaps I met my dad in, in Lake Forest to visit step family and it was my first experience driving on an icy road and i sailed right into a snowbank oh, oof geez man that's scary i've never and I've... then locked my keys in the car Jeez, oh man, that's a what a crummy Christmas. I'm sorry, jeez. And you you should have learned to give up material possessions and not wanting those things. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't exactly. <laughs> Richard Gere had a lesson for us all. Yeah. This episode, I want to say up front, uh, King of the Hill beat them to the punch with a story about Buddhism. There's a great season four episode aired about 18 months before this. It was called uh, "Won't You Pee My Neighbor," and it was about uh, Bobby <laughs> becoming a Buddhist because uh, these monks come to town, right, right, and they right. think he could be the next reincarnation nation of the buddha and it's a it's a very sweet story between him and connie and it's also an exploration of religion in in a better way i think mm. uh because uh hank is worried that bobby is being lost to uh this other religion he takes him to uh their reverend and bobby asks well what is methodism and she says it's a rejection of calvinism and hank <laughs> is like see he doesn't know what she's saying it just shows that they don't know their religion any more than uh. bobby does but it, uh, it was a better episode yeah well like Lindsay said this one has to make room for richard gear and a big movie star and they really do for for a lot of scenes where he's very flat (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I've, uh, I, Buddhism sounds interesting to me, but I've never, I, I never looked too much into it. I, even though like one of the first things when I moved here to Berkeley, California was like, oh, there's like more than one Buddhist mm-hmm. temple around here. Monastery. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but yeah, I like, I have literally walked by guys in monk robes, uh, monks, I guess I should call them, uh, like sweeping the, the front of the place. So, but and that was not, you know, in suburban Florida, I was not used to seeing that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an it's an interesting thing for Lisa, though. They, you know what, they say that they kept her Buddhist after this episode, like they did with the vegetarianism. But I don't know. I mean, I, I tried to look it up and like, there's, there are a few episodes, but it's not the same. She goes to church with them every episode after mm-hmm. this, you know. Well, like, Richard Gere says, uh, sure, go to church. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and she says. They say, so you're just, you're going to go to church. You're just going to pay lip service <laughs> yes. to the yep. faith. And, and she says, yes. And Homer is like, that's all I ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I learned a lot from uh, Richard Gere's many humorless points about the religion. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, it, it does. It feels like a pamphlet. Yeah. As well. Uh, I, I think they try to be correct in a sense, but I also feel like I do wish the Buddhist temple they visit perhaps had like a monk in it instead of just a movie star like maybe actually show some the actual adherence to it other than just a very famous guy and then joke guys who who uh, worship it it really had it really comes off with this feeling like Richard Gere was in the news and then they wrote this episode <laughs> well I think too they're like I bet we could get Richard Gere on the show if we turn Lisa into a Buddhist I bet we could do that and and you know what the plan worked if that was their plan it, it worked out <laughs> it worked and congrats to them <laughs> let's talk about the writer for this episode Bill Freiberger and in case you're wondering out there folks we don't record these segments with the guest we do it without them in case you're wondering why is Lindsay being so quiet we didn't mute her microphone yeah no but (laughs) we promise we never will but we don't want to bore her with all this talk about uh about this writer guy that nobody's ever heard we we used to do this uh with guests but they just wouldn't say anything and you know i don't blame them because Mm -hmm. we're just us like listing a bunch of facts about a writer so we do this without the guests just to let you know so bill freiberger how did he get on the simpsons well he was a writer on team Angel and was a supervising producer on it as well and he wrote two of its 17 episodes and by the way this is his only Simpsons that he wrote Al Jean on the commentary is very clear of like yeah he pitched this to me when working on Teen Angel and saying well if you ever do an episode uh, I if you're ever in charge of the Simpsons again I'd like to do this episode and though apparently his big pitch was more of the rocket stuff than uh, the Buddhism stuff that was apparently more Al Jean yeah like the rocket stuff was his and also his initial pitch was he wanted Lisa to start a new religion but then they were like well Homer did that and then Bart did that so <laughs> we don't want to do that with Lisa as well yeah it's true I, I think it was better to probably go a little more but then again this episode is kind of a repeat of her vegetarianism episode it really is style, and yeah. dare I say less successful I'd say so yeah also yeah but let's not editorialize just yet so yeah. where do you get a start well I'll tell you uh, on the beloved sitcom The Cosby Show where he was a writer's assistant i see okay yeah. I, but hey no i'm not hearing about harvard here though he's not a harvard uh, guy you know i didn't look that up but i, I didn't I, I never ran into harvard no, in no way would he not be a harvard guy on a commentary too he would have said well and of course we went to harvard those guys can't not to brag about it you know and i'm sure it would have come up in bob odenskirk's book he jokes about how uh 
he was he did not go to Harvard and he's <laughs> kind of tired of Harvard people. So then again, his brother did go. But uh, and you know what Bob Odenkirk also mentions he was offered to write on The Simpsons but decided against it. Oh, so, yeah. like what could have been? Yeah. So yeah, he was a writer's assistant on the Cosby Show, and he has said in like in statements like I was too low level to even know what was going on, and he's made a few uh, joke tweets about it. Like he has a few things from his time on the Cosby Show. There's like a tweet with him holding a Cosby Show teddy bear saying, "Is this worth any money these days?" <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you that's where he got his start. Yeah. yeah. Hey, no. uh, eBay, check uh, it out. I'm sure somebody would want it. You yeah. Know, there's I probably somebody who is happy Bill Cosby's not in jail now, apparently. One of those freaks, and they want to, they might want a teddy bear with the, with that name on it. So he has a very interesting career uh, that I believe started in New York. So he also worked on five pilot episodes of a proposed Howard Stern late night talk show for Fox. Fox oh. wanted Howard Stern to replace Joan Rivers, who was their initial late night talk show host. They didn't work well with him. They didn't like the content of the pilot. So Howard Stern would then go off and make a local New York TV version of that show for two years. But wow. uh, Freiberger worked on the five pilots that were made for Fox that I think you can find online, but uh, I didn't look them up. But uh, I know a surprising amount about Howard Stern, but I didn't know about this. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't uh, know. He's just one of those staff guys on, on, a, on a bunch of failed Howard Stern stuff. That's mm-hmm. funny. Man. And he got into the Fox fold by first uh, writing two episodes of Get a Life. Uh, there's Paperboy 2000 and Roots and uh, he was not a staff writer I believe he was a freelancer a pair of classics on that you know also in Odenkirk's book he mentions that uh, he loved the first season of Get a Life but by the time he got on Get a Life season 2 he thought it uh, was not the same and he didn't love David Merkin I get from his his writing uh, in the book but. I get the sense of that from a lot of people yes, <laughs> yeah but, uh, but but that's funny though that this guy also was yeah I mean like Paperboy 2000 with him versus the giant robot paper machine like that's an, a paper delivery machine that's a great episode of tv you know i was looking at some of the ones he wrote for teen angel and they sound like the tgif version of get a life scripts to me man you know we should uh, we should look into this one of these yes days. i'm telling you folks teen angel turns 25 in september <laughs> mm. some podcast should look back upon that failed uh, sitcom and say uh, what happens what podcast is is good enough to to do it i, I don't, don't know. know we'll find out in the future <laughs> So from Get a Life, he gets a job on Herman's Head. Finally, as a producer and a writer, he wrote 12 episodes of Herman's Head. Holy cow. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes for a thing that doesn't exist. Yeah. Boy, just like Teen Angel, I guess. Too. Release Herman's Head. There's so much young Hank Azaria and Yardley Smith on there. We yeah. need to see it. Just put it on Hulu. Who cares? You know? <laughs> and also other credits. Uh, he wrote for the short-lived Jeff Martin sitcom Hardball. The, the One of the many failed baseball TV shows. Nobody <laughs> wants to watch TV show about baseball. It stinks. Uh, also, Men Behaving Badly, uh, the PJs. There are so many Simpsons guys on the PJs. Wow, yeah, man. We should have, uh, maybe the, after we do Teen Angel, maybe the PJs, it's it's time for that. I'm surprised we haven't covered it. But yeah, PJs yeah. is a good show. What's not a good show, and I think he was the showrunner, uh, Drawn Together. Oof. Yeah. Oof, goof. Yeah. yeah. No, that sucks. That show sucks. And yeah, that's a bad show. <laughs> and I think no he- two ways about it. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, but he went from this, I think, to being the executive producer of the non-undergrads college MTV animated show, Three South. 
Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I'd rather watch it than through than undergrads. I, I nah, actually, maybe I'd rather watch undergrads. Oh, please I, don't say that. Three South was gross as hell. It has though. Brian Posehn in it. Yeah, you at least have that. You don't have the creator doing every voice. All right, you got me there. Yeah, but man, <laughs> it's just. I remember watching Three South, and it was just like the one of the first jokes was a character describing a bowel movement. I was hmm. like, what am I watching here? They don't have this kind of filth on undergrads. <laughs> Where's the the wit of Gimpy? Yeah, Gimpy just saying lines from Star Wars. I loud now that's coming and absolutely we will never cover cover undergrads please don't ask us it's awful <laughs> i i think i'd do it before drawn together oh um, yeah absolutely if there was a gun held to my head <laughs> i would i would choose uh, uh sorry undergrads my brain doesn't want to remember the title <laughs> uh more bill freiberger stuff so also uh greg the bunny uh not a great show also yeah. but also most recently he was an ep on sonic boom that cartoon oh, that was and uh, people said that was a good cartoon we had on one of the writers for that yeah. uh alan on it yeah so yeah that is bill freiberger mm-hmm. he's been in the industry for like uh 35 years now yeah it seems uh funny that his simpsons is just like a little brief layover in a very long career and that and it's funny too because his episode out of all the ones this season this was the one gene picked for uh submitting to the emmys so that's right he could have been an emmy winner for this episode of the simpsons uh, a much better thing one but yes for oswald that ends well the future <laughs> Futurama episode. It's one of the best episodes of Futurama ever. It deserved to win, and uh, and yeah, this one. I can see why Gene picked it because it is a more heartfelt Lisa one, and that's usually what he wants to go for. But with a big star, with a big old star. But yeah, for I, I though I guess Freiberger he didn't uh, did, wasn't chosen to be staff after this. No, I guess. yeah. But, hey, MTV was a calling. Yeah, hey, he yeah, ran his own show. I, I guess you know, would you rather be a king in the MTV kingdom or just a surf in the Simpsons kingdom? You know, it's uh, well pretty well paid surf, I would bet, <laughs> in the Simpsons kingdom. But uh, but yeah, that's good to know about this Freiburger fellow. Mmm, fried burgers. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, this is the start of the Al Jean era as well of him taking back over the show in full. But let's save a profile on that for his actual first production episode, which is the next episode in the mm-hmm. series. So that way we can just get straight to the, the episode proper. Let's put it in gear. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Richard <Yeah>. gear. <laughs> So uh, this begins with a chalkboard joke about uh, the actual Simpsons serial that did exist in 2001. It had a, an oh. awful, it had a really uh, boring name. It just called Bart Simpson Serial. Yeah, I know. It's just like, really, yeah. But in the UK and Ireland, they had uh, no problemos and the O was like the Cheerio. And they also had Eat My Short Cereal. That's so uh, we better. only got Bart Simpson Serial. That's so bad. Yeah. Wow. S&P here really could not not come to a conclusion <laughs> no you know, apparently it tastes like uh reese's peanut butter puffs like that cereal from back in the 90s that's yeah. that's the reports that i heard it's like peanut oh, butter peanut butter puff cereal peanut butter chocolate crunch yeah and then i didn't eat that one but i did try one uh box of the accompanying homer cereal which came i think months after called homer's cinnamon donut cereal which is okay it's no cinnamon toast crunch as far as cinnamon cereals go hmm. as in in my recollection of this 20 year old cereal (laughs) but uh but yeah so that's why the chalkboard gag is about how bart now does honestly 2001 feels late for bart to finally have an official cereal yeah where was that in 1990 (laughs) yeah when the bart craze was really sweeping the nation you know maybe butterfinger had the they're like hey this the contract says he cannot promote cereals only candy Hmm. only the butter that could be yeah. yeah 
<laughs> they could. The... Yeah. And anything chocolate related had to be Butterfinger. <laughs> and uh, so then we get an opening gag, which is funny, but is also the Simpsons repeating themselves mm. uh, because the cold open to season seven's A Fish Called Selma is movie for a rained out ball game, which then leads into Muppets Go Medieval. So this rain delay theater is the same joke. It's the same joke. I, I do like the fake sci-fi movie. It reminds me of a lot of what was on Mystery Science Theater. Just like very few sets, uh, very bad acting and special effects. And I don't think kids have to suffer through just having to watch a boring movie because there's nothing else to do. I remember a Saturday afternoon where nothing was happening nothing was on tv but i saw coming up next there's a movie about blondie there's a blondie movie featuring the famous comic character and i was like i didn't know they made a blondie cartoon it was live action they made like 18 blondie movies a million blondies. but i watched that blondie movie <laughs> because there was nothing else to do and that's they reminded me of that mm -hmm. those days are gone yeah i mean in 2002 imagining a black and white thing broadcast on regular television like in no way like kids instantly turn it off if they see something black black and white on tv but the the movie in this reminded me of the mystery science theater classic phantom planet and you know bob every year of my life i grow more <laughs> and more convinced that the wisest and the best is to fix our attention on the good and the beautiful if we just take the time to look at it it's good advice yeah, from that actor yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know bart has become like a boomer child in this episode because he wants a model rocket he's watching these old uh, 50s black and white movies on tv which is not what a child in 2001 was doing <laughs> and and soon he'll become a fanatic for cowboys like he's yeah they're he, forgetting they're forgetting that bart was i guess now born in 19 1990 yeah i guess he would have been born in 1990 for this episode yes hard to readjust that <laughs> the sliding timeline it uh yeah i uh but yeah i also like you know space air flooding in right goggles on and just uh the dog floating in space that reminded me of another mystery science theater one the killer shrews where it's just dogs dogs with carpet put yeah on or, or, or like teenagers from outer space it's just a lobster right yes yeah, yeah. The, the the cheapest of, of things we now return to the planet from outer space. Captain, we've been attacked by some sort of force ray. Space air is flooding in. Right. Goggles on. Good lord, we're on a collision course with a monster from space! That's just a dog in a spacesuit. From the looks of it, a male dog. Though I was weirded out by Bart gendering the dog by looking at its penis, apparently. That, <laughs> uh, I didn't like that. It's like, and by the looks of it, a male dog. I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. I was. That's, that's how you show how visible the dog was. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. They didn't draw it. Yeah, you know what? That had to be like a 4K res, uh, recreation of that movie <laughs> to, to be able to really tell <laughs> on an on an SD TV. I, I find that laughable. It's like seeing the makeup on Star Trek. Now you can identify dogs' genders in old movies. <laughs> Yep, the higher the HD. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't ask for that. Uh, and uh, but yeah, so after that they get a, a quick commercial, and as usual on this era of The Simpsons, the TV tells them what they'll do next. We will return to our film after these very loud messages. 
Hi, I'm Colonel Chet Manners, five-time space shuttle alternate. Loser! Do you want to boldly go where people like me but not me have gone before? Then get the Orbit King with yaw control like you've never seen. Hey, Lise, is Dad's credit card number 578-436-5343-410709? You know it is. <laughs> when you have a ribeye steak, you must floss it. Oh, that meatloaf tasted great. You must floss it. Now, floss it. Floss it great. Hey, Dad, will you help me build this model rocket? Just a second, son. I gotta put on my contacts. I wanted you to hear all the ASMR <laughs> in that contact sound. It's good fully. It was like six inch wide contacts. I, I really love the designs on that. Bart is forgetting the all important three digit security code uh, that didn't exist in 2001. But, right, you know, yeah. that, that keeps us all safe, that three digit code. <laughs> Don't tell anyone now. You know, I tried, I checked that number that Bart says is, it's enough numbers to be a credit card, but I tried putting it into a an online storefront as a test. It is not, it is registered is an invalid credit mm. card so don't give it a shot folks it's not a real credit card but fox <laughs> was doing their due diligence <laughs> i guess you know i had to input many a credit card working at a video store so i got used to like oh if it's these if it starts with these two numbers this is a visa versus an amex or whatever because i always had to do that every uh, it's it's a it is a, it is a, a retail experience you get to memorize the numbers the little intricacies of of credit cards I, I enjoy uh, Chet Manners and his brief disappointment in himself. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he says, but not me. So not me. he never went into space, but he was, uh, you know, in, he was an understudy, basically. Uh, I love his, his brokenness. Like, he's just like, yeah, now I sell I sell the rockets of the things I could never fly. <laughs> but this is definitely a boomer childhood thing. Yes, Maybe early yeah. Gen X. Uh, shooting a rocket into space was never on the table for me. No way. Yeah, it wasn't really something any of us did. Well, like, they're so expensive, too. And then it seems like just for one use, like, you're probably not going to get it back. And it just launches into uh, space. Plus, I feel like in our generation, our parents also got it rid of them or de-emphasized them because uh you know you'll put your eye out with that thing mm. blasting off this rocket into space you know it's uh it, it hardly can compare to a video game which would probably and a, a nintendo entertainment system will cost probably equivalent to a good model rocket you could fire all kinds of rockets with that thing <laughs> and honestly like even like if you live in a city there's no way even living in a suburb you shouldn't be setting it off just in your backyard <laughs> yeah no they, this is a you need a you like grew up in illinois with like wide open spaces <laughs> or everywhere or your school's football field you know go there for yeah it. yeah <laughs> and uh, and what is yaw control well i'll just read off of uh, wikipedia here active yaw control is a dynamic stability control system that sustains longitudinal acceleration and improves lateral stability by controlling torque bias between the rear wheels and you want that yes that's apparently very important when you've got a rocket so. I do love the continual selling point of its yaw control, and everybody's <laughs> very into whether or not the yaw control is good. Everybody knows the terminology. No one questions mm -hmm. it. They're just like, well, yeah, more yaw control, good. Yeah. Not to linger too long on this. It's just funny there's a commercial for this. I know it's for the sake of the plot, but it's just like, <laughs> I never saw this on TV. You would go to, like, the model store or whatever, and you yes. would see these in the back or something. <laughs> uh, they sell themselves. You don't need ads on TV. But, I get, yeah, you know, putting it uh, as part of a commercial in an old rocket movie you know that's smart that's uh, that's the right audience there
The Simpsons will be right back. Fox next Sunday. One of the Simpsons is missing. I did it. I found our dog. Now our Christmas is complete. We were looking for Lisa. I thought we were caroling. Richard Gere guest stars The Simpsons. All new 8, 7 Central next Sunday on Fox. Welcome to the break, everybody. of a podcast with a ton of yaw control. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Lindsay K. Ty of the podcast Teen Creeps. She is such a cool person to have on. And definitely check out her podcast and all the other cool cartoons she worked on, like Continue to Train or the new series she's working on at Nickelodeon. And if you're a fan of this podcast, Talking Simpsons, you only are able to listen to it thanks to the support of listeners like you at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For five bucks a month, those people not only get to let me and Bob do our dream jobs full time, they also get a ton of exclusives at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, including over a hundred exclusive podcasts of us covering shows like Futurama, King of the Hill, Mission Hill, The Critic, and Batman the Animated Series. Each month, you get a brand new one of us talking about a new episode of Futurama and King of the Hill. We're deep into seasons three and two, respectively, of Futurama and King of the Hill. And you'll find over five years worth of exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash talking simpsons behind that five dollar paywall so head over there now to check it all out But if you want something extra special to listen to while meditating, then you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons because you get all the $5 things I just talked about. But then you also get access to our monthly What a Cartoon movie podcast. Yes, me and Bob have a side podcast, What a Cartoon, where each month we cover an animated series. And then at the other end of the month, we cover an animated feature film super duper duper in depth, just like we do The Simpsons. Last month, we covered Toy Story 3, the third entry in the classic Pixar series. Before that, we did a six and a half hour long podcast about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Thank you very much. And we have a huge back catalog that covers everything from South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut to Kiki's Delivery Service, Aladdin to a Goofy movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, a huge array of podcasts, over three years worth of them. I'd say over 260 hours as well. You can hear it all if you go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons to see what you're missing out on. One more time, that's patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And, you know, Freiberger says, uh, the writer of this episode, that he did this rocket stuff when he was a kid. But also, I do think they're pulling a little from the 1999 film October Sky, the, the Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, movie. Going to hmm. Are you a fan of that one, Lindsay? I have not seen it, but that is my strongest connection of a boy and a rocket. <laughs> you know, I didn't see it either. It was a movie where my mom and brother saw a movie without me. And, and so I remember it. It's just like, hey, <laughs> yeah, we go to movie together you can't see a movie without me that's 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 all my memories of october sky i probably have never watched it out of that saying out of anger and not being invited <laughs> they saw the trailer and said not a henry movie oh, sorry Lindsay. <laughs> no i i was just gonna say that movie absolutely held no interest for me the poster alone 
<laughs> put me to sleep. Uh, just like, uh, this is not a Lindsay movie either. Uh, and you know what? The Homer and his flossing song. I'm gonna. That'll get me. I need to make my flossing more of song based, and I'll, I'll do it more often. I'll be more diligent with it. The Homer doesn't seem like the type who would floss. Maybe no. maybe he needed a song to teach him to start doing it. <laughs> Though also, it's never been established that Homer does, has contacts either in the show. This is also a first before, but yeah, I don't think they can re- I resurface. Love, I do love a good gag joke of just giant contacts. Mm-hmm. When you acknowledge the anatomy of the characters, uh, it's always fun. <laughs> y- yes, for sure. Uh, and so Homer is, uh, as, as we play in the opening bit, he thinks this is not about science, it's about pie pants, which I like his laziness of it, of just like, mm, pie pants. Like, that's not a word. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> Homer just heard the word in pie, and he's just, he's already ming about He's just it. imagining the possibilities. Yes. Just as long as he's not involved in any science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, that's all he needs. He puts that up to the nerds and uh and yes millhouse it explodes and millhouse's beautiful eyebrows are blasted off into mutton chops on bart now millhouse is just like his mother with fake eyebrows that he has to glue on oh you're right yeah Um, yeah, as, <laughs> as as we learned was a, a tough thing in their divorce the uh that he kirk brings up that she has fake eyebrows <laughs> that, that very, really hurt her feelings and in this era they're bringing back the the three nerds a lot from homer goes to college well not a lot a few times but it's weird to see them because they were also in faith off which yeah. i believe is season 11 and they're back here and whenever you see gary um remember he is a caricature of rich moore but they make his skin brown mm-hmm. and he, uh, rich moore is now an oscar winner so there's a remnant of yes. a man who used to work on the show forever trapped within its boundaries and it's gary the nerd the 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 white man who would go on to codirect zootopia is the black nerd in this episode yes it's uh, <laughs> it's an odd odd uh, history to him the only reason homer gets better at building it is because he is jealous of nettity space center on cape flandaverol with uh, with ned and his family i i love the animation of it carefully floating back down into the box and the box sealing itself <laughs> that's great too where are we the wizarding world <laughs> uh and uh, and also yes homer i just love like wow did you see that yaw control i have eyes don't i and he's wearing his contacts yeah oh and he's definitely gonna see it yeah <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, I also just love when Homer gets the help from the nerds here, I really love the exchange between Marge and, uh, and, and one of the nerds. What was that? Greetings from Nettity Space Center on Cape Flandaveral. <laughs> we noticed your sky Technics and thought we'd join in. Ooh, looks like a perfect landing. Wow, did you see that yaw control? I have eyes, don't I? I would really like to thank you nerds for helping me out. Colin, could you stop calling us nerds? Dweep, wonk, spaz, it's all good. Who wants some Astro Lemonade? What precisely makes it Astro? Look, I don't want to start a whole thing with this. (laughs) Okay, the rocket's ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Super. Now, if you'll gather around, I'd like to say a few words. All nerds, clear the launch area. Let's wait in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I just love Marge's thing of like, this is not, look, I don't want to start a whole thing with this. She was just, she was just a mom (laughs) trying to join in and they're like, um, what exactly? Like, just so good. I, I have certainly been the nerd on the end of the of it. someone's nice mother trying to play along and be like, you don't even know Star Wars. What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. 
it's uh, it's a stupid thing nerds do. <laughs> I, re- I regret it. I regret it. But <laughs> and also, I love Homer's costuming that he decided, like, you know what? Now to take it seriously, I'm going to dress like a NASA guy in the fi- in the fifties. Yeah, you know? <laughs> with his uh, like very square glasses mm-hmm. and short sleeves, but with a with a tie and his uh, pocket protector. He would have made a great extra on the set of apollo 11 absolutely <laughs> he you know he looks like kevin 13? costner in the hidden oh, figures he, he also apollo looks like 13. kevin costner in the in the hidden figures movie the the guy yes, does. the guy who they had to make up <laughs> Anyone a scene for doing to... math for space yes <laughs> you know and speaking of boomer energy uh the wife of the astronaut is wearing like the jackie kennedy pink chanel pantsuit dress thingy yeah we have been talking Which about sort of a strange uh yeah, J- Jackie. Outfit to put her in. <laughs> Jackie Kennedy was not the wife of a the doting wife of a NASA pilot, but I guess it's like, well, if you're trying to imagine, say, Buzz Aldrin or uh, his wife, like, you, what outfit would you put on her anyway? So it's like, ah, just it's Jackie. Oh, that's a '60s doting wife in the space age. Works just the same. I think it's foreshadowing the fate of Nibbles. Yes, who yeah. do we see him escape? Or I, you I know, forget. We do. Okay. Well, we don't see him safely land, but we see him have a successful, uh, very peaceful looking ejection okay yes, that's right yeah. that's right he hits the eject button yes i feel like that eject button joke cuts before he's eaten by something or something horrible happens to him i could I, see that a bird grabs him out of the air yeah but yes flies it's, right over a pit of lions at the zoo but it is the return of nibbles the hamster last scene uh with skinner asking him to chew through his ball sack in that uh, other christmas episode <laughs> that's the same hamster yes yeah and i really uh, love the marge joke when they're talking about how he's he's leaving his wife with five children and bart says well she already ate three of them <laughs> marge's response is well how sensible that's great yeah she's not disgusted in any way she's like well it makes sense you know you gotta you gotta eat eight kids better eat just three if of she them. could eat bart she would just to make things a little simpler around the house <laughs> Yeah, I also was thinking, I, I mentioned this to Bob, it's it's a different animal, but adjacent. To have a hamster in the Richard Gear episode is, uh, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. fire. Yeah. I don't know if that was an intentional mean joke on their part or not. But oh, it, uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the gear yeah. section. I think it was a gerbil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but of, of the, the Richard Gear urban legend is, is involves a gerbil. Mm-hmm. No, Bob Bob has a, has a whole history on it. Yeah. I <laughs> It's, 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 it's very brief, but it's, I believe it. it's still interesting. But, you know, the also with the, the slow motion right stuff thing, it's like, I don't know, the, the Simpsons referenced it so much that I thought the right stuff was like a famous movie or something. Nobody ever talks about it's that a, movie. It's a bunch of guys walk around really slow. That's, is that the, That's entire, the entire movie? Film? Yeah. yeah. I, again, it's another one, just like October Sky. I have not seen it, but I don't think my mom and brother have seen it. Either. Well, you know, my mom might have, but... Uh, you should see the right stuff without your brother, just with your mom. Oh, you know, well, revenge finally. <laughs> you know what? He hasn't traveled enough. My brother has not traveled enough on Christmases, so now I've watched a lot of movies without him uh, with my mother. So re- sweet revenge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, they also bring up the stuff with Nibbles that on the commentary they mentioned that in the real world, back in that day, back in the day, the toy rockets you could sell did have clear cockpits that you could put like live animals into, like a lizard or a bug. And and they're just thinking like, boy, that was pretty fucked up in our childhoods. It was like, yeah, exploded, exploded bug in this thing. But that is really fucked up. I was not aware that this was based on a real thing you could do. 
well you know they were just following the lead of of uh, cosmonauts and nasa just like well yeah you bring kill a live animal when you do this like you got to kill kill an ape or a dog kill something and there we have to talk about the uh the cut 9-11 joke right all right let's talk about it yes yeah because uh i forgot about this cut joke is it a deleted scene on the on the it is a deleted scene on the disc yes uh if you look at the rocket that homer is shooting off it says hjs which seems like a very weird addition that's his initials homer j simpson and i was like it's weird that's just on the rocket and there's no joke about it well there was because uh when the rocket launches a man of uh non-white descent named Hassan J. Salam is arrested yes. because his initials are on the rocket and we were making these jokes before 9-11. Like, there's a joke about Osama bin Laden on Family Guy mm-hmm. before 9-11. So like, we were making these jokes and then this joke got cut um, because it ha- this episode aired after 9-11. Yes. Yeah. Now the uh, the man is dressed in, let's say, traditional garb of of, uh, of some Arab nations, and yes, is though the joke is that the police are arresting an innocent man who is saying like, "No, I'm innocent," and so the joke is about uh, railroading a, a man, a, an Arab man who people think is a terrorist just because of how he looks, and they also have a joke of him saying that I need to call my cousin Casey Kasem, which oh, is yeah. a joke about Casey case in being uh, Lebanese I believe and uh, yeah I mean so apparently they wrote the joke before 9-11 they get the animation back in October and that's when they're all in shock of like oh my god we wrote this joke <laughs> holy <laughs> shit so they they obviously cut it but now it lives forever on the DVD and so. uh, between the time they wrote it and when it aired uh, arresting people on just very vague suspicions became very popular yeah yeah they went you Indeed. don't want to you don't want to come out against that in uh, in, in post 9-11 like in the dawn of the patriot act god bad times bad times mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but yes homer homer and bart watch it launch into the air homer misquotes the classic sonnet high flight which is you know has the lines have slipped the surly bonds of earth then touched the face of god not punched it <laughs> and there's there's a good joke of homer doing a countdown but at the end of it saying blast instead of saying blast off saying countdown and then pressing oh, right. that's a good gag but Unfortunately, it flies off course. Uh, as it's flying through the air, there's some great shots of like Milhouse watching and his eyebrows fly off. And then we have the classic comedy staple of the drunk in shock throwing away his whiskey bottle, but this time a businessman catches it. And so like, ooh, wine. And then get he lays down in the gutter. I like any twist on the guy throwing, like rubbing his eyes and throwing the bottle. And that was like a new one 20 mm-hmm. years ago. People still innovating on that joke now in the world of comedy, Lindsay. Have you, have you written a blinking drunk throwing away his bottle joke yet? I can't say that i have but that's mostly because i write animated shows for children well you you have to make it now you rub your eyes and throw away your vape pen oh right <laughs> <laughs> all references to alcohol and uh smoking products are not allowed okay what if it was apple juice what if it, it looked like a wine bottle a guy but it said rubs apple his juice eyes and then tosses his capri sun <laughs> exactly. a businessman catches it behind him <laughs> uh but uh yes nibbles uh safely ejects uh, on the commentary they're even worried of like we didn't kill this this hamster did we and fortunately like oh thank goodness we didn't but <laughs> uh and then homer trying to shoot it down by randomly firing a shotgun into the air is a pretty funny gag too i like that uh but then uh, the the very short first act ends with again a really great line here I, I have a quick clip now it's heading for the church don't worry i plan for this Thank <laughs> you. 
is the worst thing you've ever done. You say that so much it's lost all meaning. <laughs> because Homer is always at his worst and it's always a new low. So he's <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, I, I it's it's Homer commenting on how horrible he is all the time on the show. Like that's it's a good good line by old Homer there. Uh but in a way the rocket flying into the church and destroying it is punching the face of God. Mm-hmm. You know what? Homer <laughs> pulled it off. You're right. Man, that <laughs> That, uh, you know, we only see it from the outside. <laughs> that that rocket had to be full of dynamite or something, because it, uh, it has to it bounce around that church so much to destroy every single window and the, burn the inside. The nerds filled it with nitroglycerin or something? Mm, maybe, you know. I, I They're at that. fault. <laughs> yeah, they built it. But instead, Homer just lets a, uh, an Arab man take the, take the blame for it and go to jail. <laughs> Probably never to be seen again, I would guess. This was not on uh obviously where i watched it disney plus no no nope, no nope. you know it's too bad that that's it's why you got to hang on to these dvds you know disney doesn't put any of these extras on there you don't yeah don't get the commentaries yeah i feel like well so many of the classic commentaries are also al Jean saying how much he hated working at walt at the disney company back in the 90s and i also feel like <laughs> they're not going to be on there. no 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 oops now he loves working there and there's no problem. Welcome back, Al. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the episode uh, resumes in Act 2. The windows are all smashed out. There's a funny, funny kids' paintings covering up the stained glass that's destroyed. And this is when we get to meet all the church leaders, which now includes Kearney, <laughs> with uh, the very hard to figure out line of a teenager and the parent of a teenager, which. Uh, <laughs> You know, so was he six when he had a child and now the mm. child is 13 and he's 19? Or does he just identify as a teenager when he's really old enough to have seen the bicentennial as previously set up in mm. in season seven? Well, the kid who sleeps in a drawer has grown up now. Yeah, he's gotten pretty old now, that kid. But but I, I just like that Kearney is now a community leader in the church like, <laughs> as well. Also dating his friend's moms. Yes. Hey, she, you know, it, it's not... Uh, uh, I guess if you view him as not actually a teenager, then the statutory implications of that later joke work better. Then I view him as a full-blown adult. I, I as well, yes. It's, so, a, it's yeah. a Billy Madison he style. Elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just an adult who goes around elementary school all the time hanging out with children. Nothing wrong there. <laughs> Very nice. I think normal. he just hasn't graduated yet. Yeah. <laughs> I have convened the church council to see what we should do now. Fixing this church should be our top priority. And I say that as a teenager and the parent of a teenager. Fixing all that damage is going to be very expensive. Yes, barring some sort of miracle. All right, we'll help ourselves. Yet again. People, we need some fundraising ideas. Let's just write to David Bowie again. No, he's done enough for this church. Anyone else? <gasps> I've got the answer. Just let me run this church like a business. It's kind of you to offer, Mr. Burns, but buzz around town is that you're, well, evil. Ooh, that's just a skip rope, Ryan. Believe me, the Lord's going to go for this in a big way. Now, who's with me? Oh, I guess we have no choice. Excellent. Go! Ooh, you'll get yours. 
But yeah, so they don't know what to do. Lovejoy has a fun bit of uh, referring to the the old idiom, God helps those who helps themselves, which uh, he and is, is sick that he's going to have to do it again. And apparently that idiom is not literally in the Bible. Hmm. There are some uh, there are some lines that are like, oh, this line in the Bible means that. But apparently that actually dates back to ancient Greece and is uh, was huh. the Christians took it for themselves. Oh, some different God. Yeah. What the only time they've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the original version is plural. The gods help those who help themselves. So, yeah. Also, apparently, David Bowie has helped their church before, but they don't want to do it again. Which <laughs> that, that joke is very funny, yes. <laughs> and, and I have no context for it. Yeah, I, I looked it up. David Bowie, obviously, he did charitable work in his life, but doesn't seem like the type to give money to a church no but, uh you know the more <laughs> but yep and then we get a very devilish entrance by mr burns and so so this is kind of a comment on mega churches but i do think this misses the mark a little bit because yes businesses do get involved in mega churches and all that but usually the mega churches are it's not that the church leaders are then brought to by corporations usually it just is the cultish leader of a church is like i have to make this bigger to be more rich myself mm-hmm self like i was i was gonna say i think this the whole premise of the episode is flawed because (laughs) church churches are big businesses Mm. mega church bring in so much money without needing any outside help they don't need a mr burns to come in and tell them hey make a bunch of money like yeah uh, it it feels like one of several choices made in this episode to make love joy and organize religion in general and not at fault that you can instead blame burns for it you know yeah it's strange when the mega church joke is like right there that like they could have just had the concept of the episode be that lovejoy turns it into a mega church and lisa has a problem with it. yeah it actually it reminded me of uh what was happening to public schools in the early 2000s late 90s where they were becoming more corporate sponsored and they were putting like lots of soda machines and advertisements on the walls mm-hmm. I, I saw it more or something like that but they don't mention that at all in the commentaries so. yeah though i i mean and, and mega churches bigger than ever i mean they already were getting pretty big around america even in 2001 when this was new but yeah it's like mega churches so big they're all they're all over your neck of the wood Lindsay. with uh with like mosaic and hillsong and all the ones your, your favorite celebs go to yeah and i uh i went to uc irvine where we're very close to a that television station oh all right right i forget what it's called uh do you ever have you ever run into chris pratt around there <laughs> i have not i have not and wasn't that dumb where we had to like choose sides between him and Elliot Page? Who would do that? Like Elliot oh, Page right. was right. Like <laughs> it's uh, Chris Pratt's the the his, him being in a homophobic church sucks, and people should judge him for that. Well, he's so. Garfield now. We have to live with yeah, it. Yeah, he's Garfield now. He'll be president. He's everybody now. <laughs> he'll be president someday i'm sure of it but yeah it's uh yeah i mean in la like it's not just chris pratt like justin bieber he, uh kevin durant selena gomez like they're all members of these giant mega churches it's the it's the new hip thing unless unless you're just gonna go to your own church that you start yourself like say kanye west or jared leto are mm. doing you know they're their own they're they're cutting out the middleman on the mega church and just getting their own cult together that's the way to go man <laughs> that's what i would do they're being more of a mr Burns burns there instead of letting it go to somebody else <laughs> but uh but yes i also like burns burns saying like uh, oh that's i'm not evil that's just a skip rope rhyme that's a great line uh and though that crucifix should have caved his old head in yeah you know, that's uh, 
<laughs> the rest of the episode is Mr. Burns just dead. Just hey, dead you know, Al Jean is back running the show, and that's why Burns is here. That's right. He's out of the plant, but he's, you know, on the scene. And uh, and then in our next clip, Burns, he can start a business, but he really needs modern business of, of uh, 2001, so he calls on a modern businesswoman. This is Lindsay Nagel. Don't let the skirt fool you. She'll have this place making money in no time. Isn't that skirt a little north of the knee? You're telling me. <laughs> I guarantee I can find some new revenue streams. Step one, let's sell some ad space. Reverend, how would you feel about wearing this robe? Mm, conflicted. Too bad. You've already signed the deal. Actually, he hasn't. Oh, well, we <laughs> highly value your input. Until you sign the deal. Let me handle this, Marty. Good idea. I'll be hiding behind that tree. <laughs> uh, Burns is really bumbling as a villain in this episode. Mm. And later when he tries to escape with the smoke bomb, it <laughs> doesn't really work out either. <laughs> I like, too, that Burns is like, he is sexist, but he also is like, you know what? No, this this may be a woman, but she can be just as evil in a corporate sense as I can be. Like, to, to give her a chance, you know? <laughs> but True feminist. <laughs> yeah, so, Lindsay, what do you think of the most famous Lindsay on The oh. Simpsons being so evil as, as Lindsay Nagel is? Uh, I just, I love seeing... Uh, uh, girl bosses and so <laughs> I was very excited and flattered <laughs> it's uh yeah she does show that you've you know the chicks ladies can do it too like mm -hmm. uh, yeah I and as we always point out she is named after Sue Nagel the future Holly HBO executive and uh, a super agent and I think she just stopped running some part of Annapurna or something she's hmm. Sue Nagel still very powerful in Hollywood so uh, that's uh, Lindsay Nagel was uh, a, a fun joshing of, of somebody they knew they, I believe she was at least some of the writers' uh, manager or agent at one point, but... <laughs> but yes the the evil i by now Lindsay nagel is so well known in the show that burns just goes like i have to tell you her name it's not just this and they're not making up a new name you're like nope it's just Lindsay nagel again we're just bringing her back in <laughs> uh, also just the too bad you've already signed the deal I actually have it oh well we we value your input like uh yes i i'm sure in the in in your corporate world of animation Lindsay, you've never dealt with any situation like that <laughs> uh i will say the the friendly faces never stop even after you've signed the deal even when you're being told something you don't want to hear wouldn't you rather they'd shake their fist at you and then taunt you at, you'll after get yours a point? Yeah. yeah it certainly makes it less confusing if, <laughs> if they would just do that <laughs> no i've uh lindsay i've really appreciated a lot of your tweets about the new deal for animation push on, oh, on social you. media I've, I've learned a lot through through them and it others is, yeah. it's very important we are still unfortunately in negotiations I really wish that the AMPTP would just sign already so we don't have to do a strike vote. Well, hey, you know, by the time this comes out in June, maybe everything turned out great and you got everything you wanted and it's, everything's happy. Yeah, Good. I'm sure I'll be making just as much as a <laughs> WGA writer by then. Yes, no, Like I, a Simpsons writer. <laughs> you know, uh, Lindsay, I also, we've we've sourced it many times, but you're, I did not know about all these uh, wonderful rules about what a season is right, uh, in, right, in right. the world of streaming. So thank oh, you yeah. for that. Yes. The, that is, uh, that was a real eye opener and I am still dealing with that in my current job unfortunately well well anyway hey uh, speaking of disappointments lisa is disappointed <laughs> by this change in the church which i don't know man i mean it's like what does lisa well, care about disappointed church? that marge wasn't disappointed it's it doesn't seem very like marge to be behind all of this 
She, yeah, she's so into the comfort of it. It's, yeah, she's it's into weird. the the pew comfort, and I agree. Yeah. I mean, I went to Catholic school; those pews suck. <laughs> Soften them <laughs> up. Get some cushions in there. I agree. I mean, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I do. I'm love... the opposite. Put some hair on those seats. <laughs> <laughs> it should be torture. Uh, I just love the line. We prefer a faith based emporium teeming with impulse items. And Lisa said, "I feel like I want to throw up." Then my work is done. Like this. <laughs> this again. Also, know that this is Al Jean still dealing with his anger towards the at the time in the late 90s Disney executives he had to work with at ABC like just <laughs> just know that that's what he's he's putting out there when they enter the place this is when uh, there's the second deleted scene that's in the episode which is a quick little joke about how there are sky boxes now for the rich uh, at it okay and so they look up rich Texan is in there and he's saying I'm closer to God than you are and instead of saying yeehaw he says Yahweh interesting you know i saw him <laughs> i saw him in the skybox in the background and i was like there's got to be a joke for him yep. yeah apparently that uh, you know i'd have kept it him saying yahweh instead of yeehaw that's a funny gag that's very funny yeah i also yes again there's uh, a literal money changer in the temple which uh, is of course part of the uh, the famous jesus gospels of the cleansing of the temple and him kicking the money changers out but that it's a literal money <laughs> changer blah, blah blah yeah. blah all that crap you've yeah. heard it yeah. you've seen the movies <laughs> Uh, the giant neon uh, Jesus that's shaped like Vegas Vic with oh, like yeah, the thumb great. and the lasso. He's all man. He's all man. And also credit to the Simpsons uh, artists who drew the Last Supper in Simpsons style. Like, uh, that's not easy. That's a tall order. Money changed. Get your money changed right here in the temple. Ugh, that could not be more blasphemous. Where's Bart? Yee. Do a nice one for Grandma. Fine. These new pews are so comfy. I am not going to be taken in by all of this. Lisa, don't sulk. You're on the Jumbotron. Oh. <laughs> Adorable. And, uh, and also, you know what? They smartly just reused a bunch of old logos. They're like, every logo that you see from the Zip Boys to the Frying Dutchman to the Singing Sirloin, all from the series 13 years before this. So economical use of signs. Don't make up new funny sign gags to fill out the place. Just use the old funny sign gags. I, I, I'm working in CG right now as opposed to 2D. And you do have to worry about things like that. Do we have that asset already or hmm. are we going to have to build that? model just for this one gag and i'd be like we're reusing them all great <laughs> uh that you know just have it be a hot dog again we we already have the hot dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're easier to render uh but uh but yes there's then also it turns into a bit of uh tv commentary as burns is a tv executive forcing lovejoy to say his lines and saying like he'll he'll say it or i'll bust him down to thursday night vespers it's like yeah it's like sunday morning is prime time for Lovejoy, but like Thursday night services, uh, it's like you don't want to be there. Yes, but it's the death spot. Yeah, no one goes to that. I also, as a kid, I was I was mesmerized by those turning uh, ad things. Like if we went to a baseball game as a family. I was not watching the game. I was watching the ads of like, have I watched every turn? How many sides does this have? I want to see each ad and know they that I saw them all. Played you like a fiddle. Ed, uh, those advertisers. <laughs> 
you know that ad for Allie McBeal it was uh all for naught because the show would be canceled in May unfortunately mm. they it only Allie McBeal only lasted five seasons it burned bright and then then went away her carefree attitude could not exist after 9-11 <laughs> just couldn't that buy it that is a show that does not hold up have you mm. seen an episode recently no no I haven't is it available My anywhere <laughs> me and the infinity train riders room started watching season one of Allie McBeal it is available on Hulu okay it is bad. It is a bad show that is bad for society. <laughs> not uh, not as feminist as people remember it, perhaps. No. <laughs> but what if a woman wore a skirt? Very, like just like fat phobic, transphobic, racist, <laughs> sexist, all the ists. It's it's best left in the nineties, I guess. Then yes. it sounds like yeah. <laughs> and then comes up on stage. You know, it almost feels like a Family Guy or South Park thing, but I still like seeing the the. The actual living Noi appears <laughs> and walks on to the dais. He's taken aback by Lisa's outbursts. Yes, the Noid yeah. had a lot to say about deliciousness. <laughs> he was going to have a lot to say. They, uh, Matt Selman loved the Noid and wanted to shove him on there. And now let us rise and... Um, um, He's not going to say it. Trust me, he'll say it or I'll bust him down to Thursday Night Vespers. <clears throat> and thank Crazy Larry, whose big screen TV prices are insane. <laughs> and now to deliver a special sermon on the sanctity of deliciousness, the Noid. <clears throat> That's it! Uh, yeah, Lindsay, we, we asked, uh, the last time the Noi came up on here, we had Nick Weiger on, and so we asked your writing opinion too. How hard would it be to get on a very weird reference, like, uh, specific, like the Noid into your TV show? Um, I think I could make it happen. Mm. <laughs> I could make it happen, because I'm currently writing on a very silly comedy, and I feel like my team would support it. It just depends on whether or not your team is supportive of your d specific dumb reference. <laughs> That's good. I I think you know. I think people still need to know about the Noid and that he that he hates pizzas. I, but but yeah, he he is shocked at Lisa, and this is when Lisa has. Uh, this was my most memorable line of the episode. Is mm -hmm. in this one too? I think I think for everybody here. Lisa, it's still the same basic message. We've just dressed it up a little. Like the whore of Babylon? <gasps> that is a false analogy. No, it's not. It's apt. Apt! <gasps> Don't you see what Mr. Burns has done to this church? He restored it from nave to narthex. He supersized the pews for the Zaftig believers. He put ice in the urinals. Those are all wonderful things, but they've cost the church its soul. And I, for one, will not be a part of it. You want your hand stamped so you can come back in? No, I'm leaving this church forever. Oh, no! I don't know how to feel. You should be very upset. Got it. <laughs> how is that? A little much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do enjoy the screaming of apt. Apt, yes. Apt. Just apt. It's apt. apt analogy. And all, all the people are gasping. Uh, so real quick here, the Noid returned to cheer us all up during COVID in 2021. He returned in the form of limited merchandise from Domino's, and he made an appearance in the Crash Bandicoot mobile game. Right. Um, so this was wow, last year. I don't yeah. remember this, but uh, you know what? 
he made COVID go away. Man, you know what? Well, now, Lindsay, you could pitch it as like uh, as, uh, advertising within your show. Like work with Domino's to get the Noid in your show. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I'll uh, check with Nickelodeon. Uh, I, I mean, I also, I think Lisa using an analogy with the horror of Babylon seems also slightly misogynistic for Lisa as well, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> but yeah, it seems a little, well, certainly now Lisa would be pro-sex workers. Mm-hmm. She would... She would not use the Whore of Babylon as a negative reference, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah by the way, in the background, there's a uh, a very elaborate background gag called the Ten Suggestions, and I wrote them all down, but they're not funny, so I'm not oh, going to say any of right. them. <laughs> oh, wow. One of, one of them is Don't Smoke Crack, mm. and that's the height of it. Wow, that's oh, the funniest yeah, that's one. that's not funny. No. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I I did look up that a nave is the central part of the church building and the narthex is the antechamber or large porch of a modern church. So nave to narthex, that's uh, it's a clever line by Mel. And oh, I thought he was just, I thought nave was like short for navel. Mm, uh, it's, and that narthex was like a just different body part <laughs> <laughs> name that I was unaware of. These are all important parts of the church that are very relevant. Look, we all, I I had to Google it too. I didn't know these things. Uh, Though also like the ice in the urinals bit, uh, that feels like, of one of many mean gay jokes about patty that she mm-hmm. that she would pee in the urinal because she's mannish and it's uh you know mean mean jokes implying yeah implying that her her true sex is male yeah this kind of sucks but hey you know why you know why they keep ice in the urinals to prevent odor and apparently it's a, it's a bartending secret interesting yeah that's that's why if i've i've rarely seen them in a bathroom uh, but occasionally i have and i always wonder like what's the deal with that apparently mm. it does uh prevent odor so but uh, why wouldn't you just pay for a urinal cake you gotta refresh you know the ice all the time you know the urinal this cake is gonna sound like a joke but i prefer the splash hog <laughs> it's a device called the splash okay, hog okay i've not heard at the bottom of urinals place. you're not reading the things that you're peeing into henry i read the kohler brand <laughs> on stuff that's as far as my eyes go well i gotta i recommend the splash hog splash hog. it's a real device <laughs> okay it does what it says <laughs> It hogs all the splash? It does, yeah. <laughs> I not, to get, not to get too blue. <laughs> I, I also <laughs> like that the act ends with Homer and slashed in Castellaneta like trying out different line reads. Like, oh, how about this? Oh. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and also, you know what? This is a runner at this time. A hand stamp joke. There was a similar joke about not wanting a hand stamp when leaving uh, Ned's bee, bee amusement park. He made right. a tribute to Maude Flanders. So uh, a real hand stamp uh, era. Lots of parents of taking their kids to Legoland <laughs> at this time. And yeah, so Act 3 begins, and it's 11 minutes long. Very long for an Act 3. We're more used to short Act 3s, but it seems like they wanted they wanted the first commercial break to be, oh no, the church is destroyed. Then they want a second commercial break, oh no, Lisa has left Christianity. So then it's just a very long third act about like Lisa becomes a Buddhist, and then it's a Christmas episode. Because so. that's the real story. The ads. <laughs> the ads, like I put in one of the retro Everything ads. I put one of the retro ads into the for the listeners here, and it and they advertised it as Richard Gear in the Christmas episode, and like it's yeah. it's fourteen minutes before it, it we does feel that. like the second act break it's should like be not very Christmassy. Yeah, <laughs> it does feel like the second act break should be like the first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But act then, break. Then the first act would be in eleven minutes, and maybe Fox was telling them like, no, we want a commercial sooner. Like maybe that, hmm. maybe it was the demands of that. They they just like the church, they had to give into commercialism and the demands of the market Indeed. <laughs> but but yes uh, i i like that this act 
so many episodes are like homer and lisa disagree like this episode is so similar to lisa the vegetarian so i'm glad that they instead make it not that homer does like her being buddhist either but the real drama definitely leading the charge yeah it's it's a mother-daughter thing which you know what doesn't simpsons doesn't have a ton of mother-daughter episodes you know i guess lisa the skeptic was kind of the same dealy yeah actually that's very similar to like marge marge is a believer lisa is not see now you brought up that skeptic one i'm just like well wait yeah why this is elisa who thinks it's a joke to believe in an angel why would she be the one telling reverend lovejoy like yeah i used to believe in church and you gave it up it's like wait you thought you thought angels were stupid and that your mom was dumb for believing in them it's an awfully then there's that episode where she doesn't want homer stealing cable <laughs> yeah she so believed it very Lisa's faith there. has it has an arc mm-hmm. <laughs> she she loses it over time and then occasionally gets it back but i i also love marge julie kavner saying of like <laughs> why do you have to be so different like it's funny funny delivery by kavner <laughs> lord i'm not turning my back on you i just need to find a temple that's free of corruption why do you have to be so different? Always making a big deal out of everything. Oh. Mom, I know it's you. I can't believe you're eavesdropping on my prayers. Oh, honey, I'm worried about your soul. I want at least one person from this family to go to heaven. I still believe in God. I just think there's another path to him or her. Her? She's just kidding, Mr. Lord. After reading Religion Hood and rejecting Methodism, which uh, which she thinks is stupider oh. than eating a heart, like she then she then moves on, uh, and then we have a quick like had to be the sixth time they've done a long weekend parody. Also on her walk there, they do that so many times. I just what like is long weekend. You mean Lost Weekend? A oh, Lost Weekend. Yeah. I say Long Weekend. I think I do this every single <laughs> it was, time. It was I, a- I also don't know what Lost Weekend is, though. I, I So apparently I was watching a parody of something, didn't even know it. <laughs> it's uh, old- oh, oh, where you see all the neon signs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they parodied it a ton of times. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> But eventually, after walking by signs like Church of Latter-day Druids, she ends up at the temple in Springfield where Lenny and Carl reside, though feel it, it feels like Lenny is just following Carl around. Here. Yeah. He doesn't really Very follow much. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, not to mention, at least according to Google, most adherents to Tibetan style Buddhism, at least, do not drink alcohol, which is not the life of Lenny hmm. and Carl. So indeed not. Uh, yeah. But yes. Real dark jokes about being with Mo on Christmas, in fact. Oh yeah. But uh but yes, first let's hear a quick clip of our big old guest star. Lenny and Carl, you guys are Buddhists? Oh yeah. If I didn't have inner peace, I'd completely go psycho on all you guys all the time. Well, I'm looking for a new faith, one that isn't so materialistic. Well, you've come to the right place. Buddhism teaches that suffering is caused by desire. <gasps> Richard Gere? Oh, the world's most famous Buddhist. Well, what about the Dalai Lama? Who? You know, the 14th reincarnation of the Buddha of Alakoteshvara. Who's Buddha? It's a good thing Buddhism teaches freedom from desire, because I've got the desire to kick your ass. Mr. Gear, I was hoping Buddhism could bring me inner peace. Or is that just a pipe dream? <laughs> we all have dreams. Mine is of a free Tibet. That would be so great. I dream about meatball sandwiches. All you can eat for two bucks. Good luck. This pamphlet contains the teachings of the Buddha. All things are impermanent. 
and are empty of inherent existence. Hey, Richard, in an officer and a gentleman, did you really do all those sit-ups? I wish. I did one, and they just showed it a thousand times. Oh, he sounds so bored. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not the yeah. highest energy when he was just recorded at his home in New York City. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't help that his, he had like certain stipulations. Like he wanted his role to be informational more than comedic. And uh, the, the free and Tibet. He, he pulled that off. Yeah. yeah. And the free, really the free Tibet line is just like a clunker because it's just like, here's my belief. Mm -hmm. And then let's move on to the next joke. But that was the stipulation. Like he needed to say that in the show. It's like, uh, it's cool that he stood for his beliefs, but it's also uh, the comedy show is kind of buckling under them. Yeah. One. And I, you know, I'll give it to him too that he, him standing for that belief still is also why you don't see Richard Gere in movies that much these days. Is because oh, because they all have to be sold in China. Yep, and and you can't. It's why he's become more of an indie darling these <laughs> last uh, couple decades. Uh, I was going to say, I wonder what Disney like. I'm surprised Disney Plus is showing that line. I, I was a little surprised. Ooh, yeah. I looked it up. As far as I could tell, it's not one of the censored in the Hong Kong or Chinese Disney Plus versions. So, so real quick, uh, dribble stuff. So gerbils, yes. Urban legend about Richard Gere. Uh, he puts dribbles in his butt for sexual pleasure. Obviously not true. We're not saying that's true in any way. Uh, I can tell you where this pre-internet meme came from. I did some research. So this myth was applied to other people before him. That part's not important, but it was being put onto other people. People. He was not the first one. This stuck to him because around the time of Pretty Woman's release, someone was circulating a joke fax around Hollywood. It was a fax uh, supposedly from the ASPCA claiming Richard Gere was doing these things, and it was wow. being circulated. That was the pre-Twitter. That's what a meme was. You would get a joke fax, like what oh, a, prank. a hilarious joke fax came in. Wow. This circulated to the point where uh, the comedian Sam Kinison included it in his act, a bit about Richard Gere putting gerbils in his butt, and then that was part of his act for a while and then the first uh, TV show reference to that was in 1992 on In Living Color and from uh, then so many other TV shows did it uh, The Simpsons did it with Troy McClure and his fish thing so right, right, uh, right. everyone was just doing it based on uh, what we think is the origin being a joke facts mm. about him and that's wow. it yeah yeah. I thought it was something a little more nefarious than that, but that's like really, he must be really irritated by that. <laughs> I would think so. Well, I mean, it also is like, it's homophobic because it's, he's, he's a handsome man. And so it's like, yeah, he's a gay dude who'd put a gerbil in his butt. Like, yeah. That's the, yeah. And like he, he was in the Broadway show. I think it was called, uh, I forget what it was called, but you played the, the, like the victim of the gay Holocaust or something. He was playing a gay character oh, yeah, in that yeah, 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 yeah. as well. So people were saying it might be related to that, but I think it was just like, wouldn't it be funny if the, the biggest actor in 1990s we said this about him and people believed it and it happened so the, no one has tracked down the writer of this joke facts but uh, that's the story and y you have to bring it up so yeah I didn't remember hearing about it until the late 90s though I I'm, thought it originated in the late 90s and then like ev it was just like everywhere well bubbles up all, all from time to time just over and over again even now as we're talking about it too I you know uh, Richard Gere he also in this episode did it as well because he has a uh he had a stepdaughter, right? See, still has a stepdaughter. Yeah, like uh, Hannah. His stepdaughter, Hannah. Well, who, from the old marriage. Yes, yeah. But uh, though she actually, Hannah Dunn, uh, her biological father is Griffin Dunn, the star of American Werewolf in oh, Paris. Okay. 
uh, or in oh, London. Yeah. And her mother is uh, actress model Carrie Lowell, who was in a Bond movie and also was uh, in Law and Order for a couple seasons. And they, the two of them went through a, uh, her, uh, Carrie Lowell and Richard Gere went through a very bad divorce, which went all the way to the New York Supreme Court, hmm. uh, mainly just about money. It was not, uh, there were no other bad allegations, just like one, but it was, it was a battle over money. But uh, Hannah Dunn, don't worry about her. She's a movie star now who stars and stuff. She's 32, uh, was in that Mozart in the Jungle show on Amazon Prime. Richard Gere still braiding her hair occasionally. Yes. <laughs> and she's uh, also, fun fact, his daughter Hannah, when this episode aired, she was 11. Richard Gere's current wife, she was 18 mm. when this episode first aired, so... Yes, that's uh, uh, that was a fun face. If only you listeners could see Lindsay's face. <laughs> but but hey, he only, he married his current wife when she was in her early thirties. So you know it's not. Uh, and he of course was seventy. He's seventy three now. And she's thirty eight. So you know. Also, my my kind of rule about about a, a wide age gap is just: are they still keeping it tight? If so, then okay. I mean, gear still looks pretty good. I'll say he's That's not letting himself go. It's yes. all that temperance. It's all that uh, so Buddhism. Uh, so yes, Lisa is handed a pamphlet. I did laugh that like, oh, here's a pamphlet. Like, oh, how do you like that? Uh, I'm surprised for somebody who wanted to be so informational. He's like, I'll just give you a pamphlet on the Buddha. I'm not giving you a book. Yes, he was okay with that joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, like I could feel uh, they didn't give the pamphlet a funny name because of him. Oh yeah, I you bet, know. Yeah, I bet they had some mocking Probably. stuff about Buddha in there. They have to be. We'll say Lisa's knowledge of Buddhism is definitely pamphlet deep. Yes, yeah. I, you know, she bought a Bodhi tree. What more do you want from her? She, I, which although that feels like materialism to me. But I, I, hey, look, I'm not a Buddhist. I don't know. But I planting a tree is always good. I do feel like though something that makes this a little bit of uh, Orientalism is like again, it's like get in an actual monk in here. Have it not just be like Richard Gere apparently runs this temple and he's the one guy there. <laughs> like I don't know. And Lenny and Carl are surprised. I will say, if yeah. you go to a lot of if you go to a lot of Buddhist temples, it is it is a lot of white people. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, it's like mostly white people. <laughs> I see some in Los Angeles anyway. You know, around Berkeley at the at the, at the temple we have here, I see I, I see not a lot of non-white people at it. But uh, but yeah, so Lisa fully buys in. That gets uh, Ned Satan sense tingling, which of course is a reference to Spidey sense, which uh, that of course chuckle. Nirvana is achieved through right views and right speech. Positive actions lead to happiness, and negative actions lead to unhappiness. No creator gods, just the pursuit of enlightenment. I'm a Buddhist! Hey, I'm a Buddhist! <gasps> My Satan sense is tingling. Into the root cellar, boys! When can we come out? Maybe never. And, uh, and Rod and Todd Flanders, they're excited that they're never going to leave that root cellar again. <laughs> but but then we get a very funny misdirect. Uh, you think Homer's giving a speech to Lisa, but he's really telling Bart to put butter on his bacon <laughs> and then bacon up that sausage as as, Le as Bart is having heart <laughs> problems. <laughs> I love that bit. I do love this bit quite a bit. <laughs> so you think you know better than this family, huh? Well, as long as you're in my house, you'll do what I do and believe what I believe. So butter your bacon. Yes, Father. Mom, Dad, my spiritual quest is over. Hold that thought. Bacon up that sausage, boy. But, Dad, my heart hurts. Oh. 
I'm a Buddhist. What? <gasps> That's it. No more chat rooms for you. You know, Lisa, around here, Buddhists don't get any desserts in their lunches. A Buddhist wouldn't want any. Lisa then announces it. That's when Homer does tell her, like, no more chat rooms for you. Like, <laughs> I do think our parents were a little correct to be worried about the chat rooms we were entering into on the internet. You know, some 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 did lead people the wrong way. Not not towards Buddhism, though, usually. That, that wasn't the wrong direction in those chat rooms. And yeah, also, meanwhile, Marge is already turned off to it. She's trying to bribe Lisa with, with dessert, but uh, Lisa's not biting. We have a quick bit. Also, this episode is entirely... I guess I should have played this at the start of the episode. I'll play it now. Our jingle, because this entire episode is about being mad at Lisa's beliefs. Mm. Take that, Lisa's beliefs. <laughs> Except Lisa is uh, not proven wrong, right? Yeah, she gets yeah. a win. Yes, she gets yeah. a win, finally. Well, I mean, it shows you Mike Scully not in charge anymore, so <laughs> it's not about teaching to proving Lisa wrong, as, as usually happened in the Mike <laughs> Scully era, and then making her cry or feel bad. But uh, mm. but yeah, I or proving someone wrong at least. Yeah, sometimes Lisa would show Homer he was wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yes, first we have a quick joke of Bart. Bart attempting to be bullied by the bullies, huh. which also you reuse as a joke from Homer the Heretic of like, uh, you know, they, they describe a guy that sounds like Jesus, but then right. isn't Jesus that that already he drew it's the guy who drove a blue car in homer's story <laughs> I, I like how it leads them into a fight also it's weird that this this little scene is about bart being picked on and not lisa for yeah. her, her beliefs yeah but the story is drifting away from lisa <laughs> already like yeah. yeah this technically it's called she a little faith and it's like the first act is all about bart building a rocket and now here's bart even still stealing focus from lisa in her third act hey he's got that new serial get bart on the screen <laughs> we need to move some boxes <laughs> Yeah, you don't want the implication that they were about to beat the shit out of a little girl. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I love the satisfaction on Bart's face as he's joining in on beating up Kearney. As <laughs> it's revealed that Kearney has been <laughs> has been dating Jimbo's mom. I guess we saw Lisa being bullied in uh, Lisa the Vegetarian, where they tell her she's going to marry a carrot. Yeah, that's true. So it's... we already saw that scene. Yeah, actually, there's no time for girls bullying her in this episode, though. You know, unlike in the marry a carrot bit there. Lisa then plants her Bodhi tree, which does appear in the season 30 episode, My Way or the Highway to Heaven, as well as a playable item in the Simpsons game and Simpsons Tapped Out. So hmm. her Bodhi tree does have some history to it after this. They, they stick to it. Again, they don't stick yeah. they don't stick to it as much vegetarianism but they do stick with it i also like that marge thinks it's all about impressing a boy that that's how <laughs> how shallow marge is like is this about a boy? that scene cracks me up yeah. <laughs> and she's threatening a very <laughs> mom or general parent assumption and she's threatening lisa with a bath like she's three or four years old yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's her only like reprisal like you're getting a bath tonight that probably works on bart but not so much on pretty her. small mom arsenal <laughs> and uh and lisa then uh, does the mantra of Amani Padme Hom, uh, which is apparently a mantra for compassion that is one of the most regularly used in Tibetan Buddhism, apparently, hmm. according to again, according to Google. All right, I didn't, I didn't read a pamphlet. I read Google, but it's so. If I am wrong, I, well, I apologize. Take it up with Google. Yeah. Richard Gere is basically the wiki how for Buddhism in this episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> only better drawings in this. Uh, so as the next scene begins, back at the church council, Kearney has band aids on his head. Uh, to reflect being beaten in the previous <laughs> scene. So the good news is church revenues are up 1,073%. And when will the church see any of this money? When hell freezes over, suckers! 
Do whatever, just take it. Well, next on our agenda, Marge Simpson's devil daughter. She's not a devil. I just don't know what to do. Well, Christmas is coming, huh? Yeah, and Santa doesn't leave presents under the Bodhi tree. You think we can bribe her back with Christmas? Marge, you can save more souls with roller skates and easy-bake ovens than with this 2,000-page sleeping pill. I like Burns saying, uh, well, like, that they're never gonna get their money, and, uh, he runs off, and then, since he failed running off, he then throws money at them. Yeah, Burns is off his game in this episode. He's yeah. just failing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all he had to do was open the door. Mm. What made him throw the money? <laughs> I wonder if him throwing the money was somehow their cover of, like, look, the church is gonna look bad to normal in the next episode maybe if burns tosses off that money at them then it goes back to normal maybe I but also know. like what was their general concern about resetting anything <laughs> that's <laughs> true episode. well you know this is gene starting back up so maybe it's at the start of his new showrunner time so he's like guys we have to care about this we got to at least explain why it's going to be reset <laughs> by the end of the season i don't think he'd care no, as no. Much. no and uh i you know i think most church gatherings are about guilt each other about their children i think uh so it, it feels realistic of them going like oh what's lisa been up to your devil daughter so then it's 17 minutes and 13 seconds into the episode christmas is said for the first time this yes. becomes a christmas episode out of nowhere and we launch into operation xmas remind of how good is yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> a great line i i also love marge being told marge actually doesn't want to bribe her with it but she has to be told like marge you can save more souls with roller skates and easy bake ovens than this 2000 page sleeping pill i love joy believes in the bible less than marge does but very funny joke and uh, another from love joy you know in the next scene lisa's wearing a jacket that's again their way of going like actually it's winter now guys they've been they've been dressed non-wintery the entire episode but now lisa's got a light jacket on because it's getting cold it's the other day christmas. she planted a tree in the soft warm ground today <laughs> yes. it's winter <laughs> yep well then again this is not too long after the episode homer the mow where it just becomes the thanksgiving episode and right. like uh also at like 18 minutes in so uh <laughs> emergency holidays are launching in the third act <laughs> <laughs> and uh their first attempt is putting an angel on top of the bodhi tree which the animation of the dancing jerky angel with while doing the jingle bell bark is so funny <laughs> to me as is homer's dancing to it i i love that bit it's really good then marge dumps fresh cookies right in front of lisa into the trash which uh is certainly a very mom passive aggressive move there that's for sure <laughs> they, they chose the perfect thing for bart to accidentally eat and be concerned about oh god the the disgust a dog lid is very dangerous mm, it's what? like sharp food lid sharp and covered in dog food yes swallowable will kill you probably bart need to go to the hospital right after that i <laughs> Time to begin Operation Xmas Remind of How Good Is. Just do it. Do it. Do it now. I think this tree could use an angel. Well, at least it's tasteful. <laughs> I was just making Christmas cookies. But since you don't believe in Christmas anymore, I guess you don't want any. Well, they you smell good. Hmm? It's a pity. All right, trash cookies. Uh-oh. 
I think I ate a dog food lid. Yeah, there's There aren't any other deleted scenes on the DVD, but there are some deleted uh, or unused sketches. Apparently, there was a joke of Abe, Jasper, and the old Jewish man dressed as the three wise men for some reason. There's hmm. character models for that <laughs> in the DVD, but apparently it got cut, which, you know, an old Jewish man, I'd feel bad for him being forced to be one of the, the three wise men. That's yeah. against his religion. He doesn't remember. <laughs> I guess so. And so uh, their first couple gambits fail. Uh, they're then wearing their fun holiday sweaters. You know, I want that that Homer one. I I, I could dress up like that next Christmas time. I kind of want that holiday. They were fun holiday sweaters. Yeah. I, I wish there was just like a little like lead into Christmas. You're right. It's just like we run into the brick wall of Christmas. There's yeah. snow outside. Everyone <laughs> is dressed up. There's a tree. There was never talk of like, oh, the holidays are coming, Homer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was shocked this was a Christmas episode. <laughs> and again, they marketed it as a Christmas episode but yeah it's like it instantly snows it becomes christmas out of nowhere lisa doesn't really care and also to make this feel like al Jean has come back on with a throwback he's like you know what lisa loves ponies again we're back to that we lisa hasn't given a shit about ponies in like eight seasons but now it's back to like yeah lisa loves ponies and she really wants one she she cared so little about ponies that when bart got a horse two years ago she didn't even interact with it that's right yeah man yeah when they adopted that racehorse in Saddle Sore Galactica with the, uh, this, the the killer jockeys. Lisa didn't give a crap. That's shocking to me <laughs> because part of D- Lisa's DNA to me is that she loves ponies. It was in all of our childhood advertisements. Uh, but most of most T-shirts with Lisa on it were some reference to a pony. A, po- a penny saved is a pony earned, as Bob's uh, vintage mug says. Failed catchphrases <laughs> for Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do love Clip Clop. I love Clip Clop. It's fun. Even on the commentary, they forgot the joke was that it's Ralph and Milhouse in a costume. I forgot the joke yeah. too. Very funny. <laughs> it reminds me of that uh, little Sebastian horse. It oh, looks, yeah. It's so small. Yes. Yeah. An adorable <laughs> it does pony. does look like a miniature. One that they could actually keep in the house, unlike, you know, uh, Wildfire. Or not, sorry, Princess. Wildfire is the song uh, she writes. Not to linger too long because we're running short on time, but it is funny that uh, Milhouse and Ralph are at the Simpsons on Christmas Eve and they're going to be eating out of a bag of sugar <laughs> in the that kitchen. That is pretty good. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and they seem really excited about it. Yeah. Hey, if I was a kid and an adult told me, bag of sugar's right in there, eat all you want, I'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm disturbed by Lovejoy saying, lick it. Lick, like that. I was like, <laughs> but i also love something had to be disturbing otherwise what was going to set her off i just love how marge says like we're not trying to pressure you and then she like nudges maggie with her foot towards towards lisa uh and so lisa runs off into the night which again they barely give any time to this to actually feel the worry of like oh uh, was lisa lost what's gonna happen to lisa like it's really just it goes to her in the temple and then she's back home there's not not much time for it and also you know it's funny when she gets to the temple and hears uh lenny and carl's uh mantra about short shorts that song had appeared twice already in the series in homer the heretic and the mysterious voyage of homer both of which were spiritual episodes mm. so short shorts the short huh. short song and spiritual episodes that's uh, right. go hand in hand and somehow the these writers just it, it's inextricably linked to uh their souls <laughs> which uh, i mean you know in their soul is the thought of the, of the 1957 novelty song by the royal teen short shorts about the mm-hmm. about the brand new fad of wearing slightly shorter shorts than most people would normally wear they're a little north of the knee <laughs> but <laughs> but yes lisa on christmas eve bursts into a temple and rudely interrupts meditation in our next richard gear clip my family 
family tried to trick me into celebrating Christmas. You know, we are meditating. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I was only about to achieve enlightenment. But who'd want that? Who likes short shorts? I like short shorts. Those guys are way off. Anyway, your family didn't have to trick you. Buddhists respect the diversity of other religions, as long as they're based on love and compassion. What? It's true. <laughs> so why don't you go home? I'm sure your family really misses you. I can really celebrate Christmas? You can celebrate any holiday. And you know, my birthday is August 31st. Oh, I'll send you an email greeting card. Sweet. Now I really should be getting back to my family. Yeah, I'm spending tonight with my stepdaughter, Hannah. I do her hair, then she does mine. We're gonna go spend Christmas with Mo. You know, so we don't have one of his Christmas accidents. Hey, you can't do much without this. <laughs> I'm glad they got a, a dark suicide joke in here just at the uh, end. Yeah, man. I, again, I, not to not to like be a broken record here, but boy, like he's playing this uh, kind of flat, but also kind of real. Where I feel bad, he just feels uh, genuinely annoyed by Lisa, and then it feels like it feels like his insistence to point out no Lenny. What Lenny and Carl are doing is incorrect. Yes, yeah. He has to make sure we know that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, too, that he it's a very American way for me, I think, to say, like, well, sure, you're you're a Buddhist, but just do whatever you want. Just go. I mean, go to church. Who cares? Like, and it's Lisa's reaction, like, wow, like, it's a very mo. Wow. She didn't read the entire pamphlet. <laughs> I think it would have covered that. Uh, that's that's in the the actual book, mm, not the a, pamphlet. She never she never bought the book. And uh, this August 31st, Richard Gere will be turning 73. So let's, let's all send him an e-greeting card on that day. But, but yeah, this resolution is even exactly the same as Lisa the Vegetarian. It's just telling her live and let live. And it's just like, uh, I guess it's at least less of a guilt trip than at the end of that, of Lisa the Vegetarian, where it's like, actually, you're mean to your family and you should forgive them, even if they were a jerk to you. Like, I guess this this is more of just like, ah, just be compassionate, whatever. Go, go it, celebrate. It's said by a less famous person in this one. Yeah. That's true, yeah. And, and and Richard Gere is quite famous, but hardly mm -hmm. Paul McCartney famous. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Mo Mo Christmas and Suicides. It's it's a follow-up on the classic No Funeral. Right, right. From, uh, the, but uh I guess he just tries to use the same rope every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Mo He has access to no other rope. Well, if he used the rope that he uses for his belt, then he'd be in uh, he'd be in real trouble. Not, pants not to linger too long, but it sounds like Mo doesn't have a lot of ideas because when someone jumps out a window, he goes, Out of the window, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's not so, creative yeah. about it. But, but yeah, so Lisa heads home. Uh, the family was involved. Homer thought it was an episode about saving their dog, which uh, was pretty funny. Uh, while Bart thought <laughs> Bart they were was caroling. just apparently knocking on doors and caroling. Uh, well, I mean, again, this is such a rushed ending that I can see why the other characters are like, oh, wait, yeah, Lisa was missing. I, I didn't catch that either. They're just like, oh, that's right. But I guess she left at night and it's now day. Yeah. So she's been gone all night. So they've, you know, it's a pretty crappy Christmas for, for everybody involved. But yes, we have one last clip here as the family reconnects. You came back! Uh, yeah, I wanted to spend Christmas with you guys. So you're back on the winning team? No, I'm still Buddhist, but I can worship with my family too. So you're just going to pay lip service to our church? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all I ever asked. Well, I'm just glad you're back. And don't worry, honey. I'll pray double hard for both of us. Now let's get you some Christmas cookies. Thanks, Mom. Hey, where's my pony? 
Yes! Merry Christmas to us all! <laughs> I'm serious, make with the pony. And a happy, healthy New Year! Here, Clip Clop! Here, Pony Pony! Happy, happy New Year! <laughs> It is almost like the promise of hover bikes. Yeah, hey, you're right. But I think Lisa should now just be like, you know what? Fuck your. T- you did lie to me. Fuck your church. I ain't going. <laughs> like, I'm not even giving you the lip service. Mark had a really passive aggressive line. I'll, I'll pray for both of us. Yes, yeah. I Jeez. mean, it's it's condescending for Marge. She thinks, I mean, just like with vegetarianism, Marge, in a realistic to apparent way, uh, sees this as a phase and a joke and not serious and and just something she like tolerates from her kid. Yeah. It's a happy enough ending. And at least it explains like, oh, yeah, Lisa will pay the church lip service, meaning she will appear in church scenes from now on and still celebrate. Uh, yeah. It won't it won't change how the show is written in many ways. She'll, she'll still be at the church and all that. Yeah. A brief final thoughts for me. I feel like it's inoffensive, but for an episode that's supposed to fundamentally change a character, I think it is. Uh, it should have had more attention paid to it in terms mm. of just the plotting and Lisa's journey and everything. It doesn't feel as substantial as Lisa the Vegetarian, which is trying to be in terms of uh the transformative nature of the storytelling i think that episode believed in vegetarianism far more than this episode believes in buddhism Mm -hmm, as well and i think they really just believe in a guest star and the religion that is attached to him but uh it feels like the rocket gets as much time as buddhism (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. we learn more about yaw control certainly (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) i'm I'm more familiar with that principle (laughs) based on this episode but you know what they got they got uh lisa said the right mantra and stuff they didn't uh they get a couple things right on a google level not attacking buddhism and holding it up as like the religion for her but Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but, not very in-depth <laughs> no no i i think uh in future episodes of buddhism i think they at least dig a little deeper into yeah, it maybe yeah. you know what i think a uh, sad fact is if richard gear wanted to spread the word about his religion more his celebrity actually got in the way of doing such a thing in this episode that had to do jokes about him mm. and his career and his move his most famous movie officer and a gentleman i guess is his most famous movie i mean what else would you say and nah pretty pretty woman, woman. i guess yeah yeah i was like what <laughs> <laughs> all right fine but uh, you're right that but yeah i guess uh you know Lindsay. if uh any any other final thoughts or i would just say i think this episode has some good jokes but story-wise it feels a bit phoned in mm-hmm. i feel that yeah but... uh Lindsay, thanks again for being on the show please let us know where we can find you online and what you're currently doing uh, if you can talk about it yeah you can find me online i'm i'm pretty much just on twitter at Lindsay katai uh god willing i will find the strength to give it up in the next year um <laughs> and i i can't talk about what i'm currently doing now but i will say uh you know support the new deal for animation on your on your various social media channels uh the public speaking up about it is making a difference to us in negotiations and we really appreciate it no that's great you know i i i understand you're you're wanting to get away from twitter but i really i i do appreciate that you You've used your Twitter to inform a lot of people, including including me, and I, yeah, I me try too. to pass along about about a lot of the nuts and bolts of uh, the, the the unfortunate uh, business side of things in in the world of animation. So yeah, 
we we really appreciate that and and also you your podcast teen creeps where we're, we're fans of that as well yes yeah please check out uh we talk about ya pulp fiction from the 80s and 90s by authors like christopher pike carl stein lois duncan and more and man i hope you know someday i hope both of us can ride that sinbad ride again by the way <laughs> some of my favorite episodes of of uh, podcast ride or are you ch- ch- talking about the sinbad ride <laughs> thank you very much one yes, day they'll, is delightful. they'll let us all back into japan one day yeah <laughs> No, I don't. Yes. I'm making Bob Felix alluded here because he has not written the no. Sinbad ride yet, unfortunately. I've only heard the stories. <laughs> Someday. But uh, but thank you so yes. much, Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to Lindsay Katai for being on the show. Please check out her podcast, Teen Creeps. As for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these podcasts one week at a time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Sign up for five bucks a month to get just that, but also access to everything behind the $5 paywall that includes over 100 bonus full-length podcasts and monthly access to new episodes of both Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill, only behind the $5 paywall only at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And there is a $10 level as well. When you sign up for that, you get access to everything behind that $5 paywall, but also access to one extremely long podcast once a month, only for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry? Bob is talking about the What A Cartoon Movie Podcast. For our premium patrons at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you get to hear me and Bob go super in depth on an animated feature film, just like we do with The Simpsons. But that often means we talk for over five hours or sometimes up to nearly seven hours, like we did on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which you can get access to along with last month's What A Cartoon Movie, Toy Story story three at the end of this month we'll be doing a brand new one and there's over three years 250 hours plus of what a cartoon movies in addition to all the five dollar stuff bob just mentioned that ten dollar a month subscription will get you our entire back catalog that covers everything from a kira to a goofy movie and everything in between check it out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast by the way is retronauts that's a classic gaming podcast about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month and henry how about you you can follow me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g i'm tweeting up a storm there and you can also follow the official twitter account of this podcast at talk simpsons pod and if you're looking for an easy to follow back catalog of all of our free episodes go to TalkingSimpsonsPodcast.com. And you know, again, if you follow at TalkSimpsonsPod on Twitter, you stay up to date with all the cool stuff going on in our world on Patreon or on the free feeds. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you again next week for Season 3's Like Father, Like Clown, and we'll see you then. Son, we are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. Five, four, three, two, one, countdown!